0: Yo, this is Cedric from Sanger Sigabog and you're listening to Vulgar Display of Podcast Motherfuckers.
1: to the vulgar display podcast got chad anthony and chuck here in the studio we got a special guest online we have cedric from Sengasugabog. cedric how are you man
0: doing great happy to be on the show
1: appreciate you joining us we are big fans and i keep telling everybody you guys are like the hottest chick in the room that you're trying to get after <laughs> we, we've been trying Fuck to track yeah. down this interview yeah. for it seems like a year now
0: Fuck yeah, well, I'm super flattered to be here and also be the hottest girl on this podcast, so what's going on?
1: Attaboy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, what's in the water in in Ohio? It seems like that's the happening spot for some death metal right now.
0: Fuck yeah, dude. I wish I could tell you exactly what was in it, but I definitely can't get enough of it myself. It's pretty uh, and tasty, and I don't know what it's doing to everybody, but it's producing some sick-ass not just death metal, but a whole lot of different bands in the extreme music corner of the world. You know, it's a good shit coming out of there.
1: Yeah. And speaking of homicidal ecstasy out February 3rd, Century media records. Fuck yeah.
0: I'll say, honestly, this is probably going to be our heaviest and best record yet. Probably our, I don't know. I, I for real think this is the best record in our whole catalog of music and I've not just been a member, but a fan since the very beginning, and I say this is going to topple everything. So I'd say everybody just sit tight and put your seatbelts on because it's going to be one hell of a ride once you get to check out the whole album.
2: We're super excited for it. How's it feel with the uh, the the name Century Media behind you guys now?
0: It's been awesome. Our relationship with them has been um, really really good it's nice to, have, to get to work with. You know, with um, like aspects of like distribution. You know, we get to expand from like doing solo releases to more like international wide releases. So there's like physical copies for everybody around the world in different countries, that, like all those. So it just gets to make it be a little bit bigger than like I guess more of the underground scene of what we need So it's really cool to have like those kind of resources getting to work and be a part of a not like a huge band but you know different um, opportunities that say, most people in music don't get to experience so super blessed I guess to say the very least to be a part of it and have them behind her.
1: they actually sent us over an advanced copy of and we've been fucking ripping it man it is it is absolute banger here we got the little sound effect for it <laughs>
0: We, that is what's, uh, <laughs> we,
1: we put it on our banger list. I know you guys showed up on a lot of like metal lists of like most anticipated albums coming out this year. Love the scene that you guys are a part of. This sort of new wave of American death metal with you guys and Undeath and Frozen Soul, and of course our homies in Two Hundred Stab Wounds, which I know your homies with as well. Yep, fuck yeah. I love what's going on in death metal right now, and uh, we got to talk about this album. So I know your drummer Cody, you know, had the production duties and everything. But do you want to tell us who mixed this motherfucker?
0: Uh, yeah, man. We, um, we had the opportunity to work with um, Kurt Ballew over at God City as far as mixing the album. Um, and then we had Alan Dutchess also uh, work on the mastering of it. And all I got to say is those guys fucking nailed it, man. There's a reason that those guys are like some of the most sought-after people in the music ind- industry to like capture sound and extreme music. They know what the fuck they're doing and, you know... There's so many records that I know everybody fucking loves that Kurt Ballew's been a part of, whether it's Converge or stuff he's worked on. Your God City, being able to, like, work with bands and record them. So, you know, he fucking nailed it, to say the least. He's a dude. I don't think that we could have been any happier ourselves with somebody producing and working on our record, you know, his catalog of music and shit that he's been a part of and worked on is just unmatched and heavy music and underground music.
1: I mean, that dude's a legend in the game, right? I mean, I've seen his name on this, and I was like, holy cow. Just getting, uh, you know, some of that from some of those old-school guys that have been around for a while, and I know, like, Jamie Josta has tweeted about you guys as well. What What is that feeling like when you get sort of um sort of their approval from guys I'm sure that you're influenced by?
0: Dude, it's like, um, I don't know, man. It's pretty damn close to, like, getting approval from, like, your father or mother or some shit like that, you know? <laughs> yeah people you've looked up to in music and taken influence from to be your own creative kind of person. So to get that kind of recognition or like, you know, tilt of the hat your way from people you've looked, looked up to is pretty surreal. And it's uh, really assuring, you know, in the world of uh, being like a creative artist or having a creative mindset is very validating, you know, that, you know, this like little weird shit that we do to make scary noises and extreme music is like, You know, it's fucking worth something, you know, and if you don't have support from your fans and people and peers, especially, you know, it makes it a lot harder if you want to keep doing it. So it's very validating to say the least and super just honorable to even have like people like that way, like even look our way, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know you're a newish father, I think maybe six or seven months old. You got a baby?
0: Yeah, I do. I just, uh, (laughs) A kid about six months ago going on seven months on the twenty uh, sixth.
1: Congratulations.
0: Yeah her name's thank you so much man. Yeah her name's uh, Lily Madeline Davis. She was born June twenty sixth. Awesome.
1: I'm a girl dad as well. I have three daughters. They're a lot older than that but uh I've been there. I know what you're going through. So how do you balance, you know, fatherhood being a being what I consider maybe a newish father and and your busy schedule with touring and recording and everything.
0: For me I'm really blessed. An amazing family that supports me and all that I do, and I also have a really amazing partner, Kirsten. And you know, when we got together years ago, this was all right before Sanguisugarbug started to like kind of get some traction going. Like right as the like tortured whole record was getting finished up, like with recording and getting ready for like a worldwide release and stuff. And you know, I was just talking to her and I was like, hey, no matter what happens, like you know. I'm going to like do this. This is one in a lifetime opportunity. And she's been super on board with it, you know? So just having the support and love from my own family now. And then my immediate family from like my mom and dad has definitely been like the biggest thing. It's been super helpful. But as far as balancing it all, you know, I just got to really, I guess I had to grow up a lot and start prioritizing my time and quit fucking off as much. So,
1: (laughs) right. yeah the the fuck off time starts to take a back seat a little bit I think
0: <laughs> the balance I just gotta really just do my fucking best, you know I feel like I'm on top of it so far
2: that's all you can do man
1: and I've kind of struggled with that too is like you know like I said I have three daughters myself, and um you know sort of chasing my dreams and 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 being a good father and a present father to them and I heard somewhere somebody told me one time is like you know, wouldn't your kids be proud of you when they get older and, and they're in that mindset of you chasing your dreams rather than not? Yeah. So that, I don't know, maybe felt made me feel a little bit better when, when I, I'm i not as uh, maybe as present as I'd like to be. But I think yeah. I kind of remind myself of that quite a bit just to kind of keep me balanced a little bit.
0: Yeah, I definitely have that same exact thought, man. I'd much rather be who I am today, doing the things I enjoy, working hard at it than, you know, have to like decide I'm gonna tap out and just go work a fucking nine to five for somebody else and be a slave to like corporate America or some bullshit, you know? Absolutely. I want my kid to you know think I'm the fucking coolest dad ever. So
2: <laughs> absolutely.
0: I'm just going to you know, it's all you can do is just yep. be yourself. So fuck it.
2: I kind of want to talk about the Twitter page for a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, that thing is so much fucking fun. I think the the minute I followed you guys, uh, the very first tweet I saw was just a flat out statement of it's okay guys we don't know how to say our fucking name either um and it <laughs> Fuck, just yeah it, it's just so much fun listening to you guys and and watching that interaction i mean you 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 like you comment on people's stuff uh how does that run who runs that twitter and where do you guys get your sense of humor i mean it's it's fucking great
0: um i'm definitely gonna have to shout out Devin or both this on that one he's definitely um the social media guy like 98 percent of the time and he's definitely on twitter the most so most expansive sense of humor and (laughs) just kind of hones in on like all the dick and fart jokes that we can think of and he fucking nails it (laughs) yeah he does he's funnier than hell i'll wake up and see some shit from our twitter page and i'll just it's like amusing for me as well because i'm just like that's so fucking funny like devin's just on the internet clowning around and you know it's cool like people think it's funny we get a lot of interactions with people whether it's fans or like random people finding out about us or something funny, so
2: that and inserting the uh, the band logo and miscellaneous spots and shit that always cracks
1: me up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funnier than fuck. Like I love it. Well, Shout out to Devin for that one.
1: What was the like Devin was squatting on stage or something, and it was photoshopped on like <laughs> these album covers and all on these funny. Pictures. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. There was like a I think we were on the tour with Terror. Kubla Paint Pain of Truth, and uh, someone was, like, taking pictures, and they got a picture of Devin, like, doing, like, a jump where he's, like, doing, like, a double tuck knee. So he just he had a heyday with that one for about, like, a week on that whole tour. He was just like, dude, check this out. Like, every hour, like, just putting that picture of him cropped out on, like, every album cover you can imagine. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, you, a lot of downtime on tour.
1: You guys are definitely one of my favorite Twitter follows for sure. Yeah.
2: Speaking of touring, I mean, you guys have been road dogs here. And it seems lately, you know, the, that tour with cannibal corpse, uh, we were so bummed that it didn't come through with a St. Louis date, but uh, what have been some of your favorite experiences on, on these tours, these last couple of years?
0: Oh man, it's, I just love traveling in general. For me, I love getting to try and experience like new food native to like different regions of America, or whether it be the world, making new friends, lifelong friendships through other people. Other musicians, other bands, whether they be new bands or bands you've looked up to forever, you know, like Terror, Cannibal Corpse, Incantation, shit like that. So I don't know, man. There's a lot to it I love, you know. I love the whole culture of heavy, extreme music, getting to travel. So, and playing sick ass shows too. Like, honestly, that's like icing on the cake for real. It's all a fucking blast and a good time. So I love it all.
1: And you've definitely been on some great tours with some legendary bands. and i seen on your social media that you actually got to meet, um, Terrence from suffocation. Who's one of your heroes. Oh,
0: fuck. Yeah, dude. We, um, oh, when was that back in, um, December, or November, we played a, uh, hometown show with them on fucking long Island, internal bleeding, suffocation, undeath. And we were hanging out partying with like all the suffocation guys. We got some pictures with Terrence, and yeah, man, he's, he's the dude. I've like, that dude's had such an impact on my guitar playing since I was like 13 years old in like middle school. I remember the first time I went to go see them was like, they just put out Blood Oath album. so I think it was like 2008, 2009, maybe Whitechapel had just put out, this is Exile. So they did like a co-headline tour together. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, damn, this is it. This is all I want to do. Just play like heavy extreme music. This is the shit. He's a legend, no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, getting to play a show with him and hang out and meet him, that was like all the validation I needed to keep going, (laughs) like extreme music, you know? It could have ended all right there, (laughs) right?
1: One of those things.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could have died that night and been content, (laughs) you know?
1: We recently talked to uh, Dino from Fear Factory, and he was talking about, I think on Twitter, he's pretty transparent about a lot of things like you guys are as well. And he was talking about how they're having difficulty with touring due to inflation and having to kind of minimize uh, their overhead. With being out on the road, are you guys experiencing any of that? And and obviously the merch question as well, where venues are taking a a cut of the merch. Do you guys experience that as well? Um, Yeah, I
0: definitely will say all that stuff is like super relevant to anybody that's a part of the music industry on any level and um you know you gotta think too like just a fact like all the bigger venues in america they're 95 percent of the time a part of live nation so they're the one that kind of state like all those like merch cut rules and you know extra shit to just like you know make it harder for bands financially to do the thing so it's it's all very real merch is inflated as fuck too like I think like t shirt costs of just like, you know, doing a single color one design logo on the front is like almost doubled in cost. Jeez. So, and it sucks because like I love like merch and merchandising and I definitely want to make like super nice, memorable stuff for like fans and stuff. But you know, just like realistically, like to do like a six week tour, a band our size, you know, 10 to 20 grand for like the whole cost of merch for that is just like the norm now. And, it's like a huge cost, a huge overhead, like you're saying. So, yeah, everything's inflated. Everything's fucked. So you just got to be on top of your shit if you're trying to go home with some paper in your pocket.
1: What's the best way for the fans to support you guys directly?
0: Come to shows, buy merch. Um, yeah, that's like it. That's like that's two ways to do it. I mean, we get like guarantees from like playing shows and stuff, but those are usually kind of at like a set rate. So, you know, that helps. But um, I would say buying merchandise directly from us when we're on tour or from like our websites. Um, when we post like leftover merchandise from tours on our like big cartel store, that's like the most direct way that any one of our fans or anybody would like to support us. And that goes for any band, I would say now in general.
2: I've seen that trend going a lot lately. Um, it seems like as soon as bands get off the road anymore, uh, they're posting, hey, we've got leftover tour merch sitting here and uh you know it it seems to be going well
0: yeah i can say from our end it's every time we do done like a leftover drop it's done really well um you don't have a whole lot left over so you know your merch bill total at the end is coming up to 10 to 20 grand you know not having anything really left over is one less thing to worry about
1: well with the logo like you guys have i mean that talking about legendary that logo is legendary (laughs) Oh, yeah. My friend Chris, he called our logo the Nike swoosh of death metal. Nailed it. I
0: think that's pretty on brand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Everybody that's listening here needs to go out and catch that Chaos and Carnage tour. And on February 3rd, Homicidal Ecstasy out Central Media Records. We appreciate Cedric from Sanga for joining us on the Vulgar Display of Podcast today. Cedric, have a good day, man. We thank you. Thanks, man.
0: Hey. Appreciate you guys and your time. It's been a pleasure.